Welcome to Latte with a Lawyer, a podcast dedicated to bringing you the stories of some of America's most successful lawyers, figuring out what makes them tick, how they creatively solve problems, and how others aspiring to be them can follow in their footsteps. Okay, folks, uh, welcome to another episode of uh, Latte with a Lawyer. I'm your host, Jonathan Brickman, and this afternoon we have with us, I hope I pronounced it right, Peter, Peter Cassiano. Perfect. Is that right? You got it. Perfect. Excellent. Andelman and Flynn. So we have an Italian name with, I don't know, maybe Jewish and Irish or something. You got it. All three <laughs> for three on that. That's correct. All right. Good, 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 good. Anyway, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm great. How are you? So um, what, uh, what, what, uh, it, oh, I'm sorry. I'm stuttering a little bit because it's, I've already had, I haven't had a coffee for a couple hours, but I was going to ask you to keep with the theme. What's your beverage of choice for the morning to get yourself started? Yeah, I mean, it sounds kind of cliche, but I'm definitely a just regular hot black coffee. I mean, it, it, we are in the middle right now of a <laughs> unbelievable heat wave where, where I am in the D.C. area. And it, I, I'm still I'm still sticking with it, you know, for you. straight black hot coffee. Um, if I, if I'm living a little, I'll get like a caramel macchiato, you know, but that's more of like a dessert and not an everyday kind of deal. Well, I'll tell you a funny thing. Uh, I, I know how to get some DCs, you know, we were talking about that. I lived in the DC metro area for about 17 years. It gets as hot there as where I am now in South Florida. But, mm. um, I saw someone funny, a guy that I follow who posts a, uh, a weekly newsletter said, when did it get to the point when you go ask for a cup of coffee and they ask you if you would like it hot? You know right. I mean? Like, I agree with you. Like, coffee's supposed to be hot. And you order it and they look at you like, uh, are you sure? It's <laughs> Have you been outside? But yeah, that's my go-to and I, I stick to it year-round. I'm, I'm, I'm with you, so. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, yeah. All right. So good. So, so tell us uh, what kind of work you do, what kind of uh, law you practice. Yeah. Thank you. So, so the area of law that, that I work in is uh, disability benefits work. So it get con- it's get confused a lot with regular disability work, which encompasses far more really than I concentrate on. Um, regular disability work, I kind of consider to be, you know, your, your discrimination, your access, your accommodation yeah. kind of things. Um, it actually is not what we do. It's interesting. I, I, <laughs> I start out describing what I do by saying what I don't do. I mean, I think that kind of speaks volume yeah, exactly. for how, for how niche, niche. This, niche this can be. But um, so, yeah, when I say disability benefits, I'm really referring to, um, you know, when folks are sick or injured for whatever reason, and that medical condition causes them to not be able to work. Mm. Um, the most common uh, area is social security disability. The vast majority of our workforce pays into social security. And if you're younger than retirement age, you have the ability to file for that social security disability. But, um, we also do insurance insurance. So a lot of insurance carriers will issue policies protecting against disability, right? Uh, we will, we will file claims, appeal those claims and litigate those claims, um, oftentimes in federal court. Um, and then we do disability retirement for employees of the state of Maryland, where I am located, and federal employees nationwide. So because, because we're able to work for federal employees nationwide, it kind of, it's, it's an added wrinkle to, to my job in, 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 in that, you know, I, we really do try to have a nationwide presence and work with folks and be accustomed to working with folks and kind of, kind of think about working with folks in a way where, you know, they're not local to us. 
it presents some challenges, but it also makes it exciting. Got it, got it. Wait, and so you're just representing um, government employees or any employee? Yeah, yeah. So it depends on the system, right? So with Social Security, um, I mean, I think the last statistic I saw was 97% of America's workforce pays into the Social Security Administration system through their earnings. Yep. Um, all of those folks would have the ability to file for Social Security. Um, federal employees have their own separate from Social Security retirement policy. Basically, think of it as being able to get their pension early if they get sick or injured. Um, same with employees of the state of Maryland, uh, folks that are actually workers for the state. And then the insurance policies are across the board, right? I mean, the, you could buy your own disability policy. A lot of physicians do that. Th yeah. Think of think of any job where you got a you know you got a physical piece to it. Surgeons, um, anesthesiologists who have to you know intubate. That's a that's a tricky thing. And if you were to break your wrist or worse, you know you could you could not be able to work. Right. And so a lot of those folks go into the marketplace on their own and buy those insurance policies. Um, yeah, long-term disability, that, those kind of things. Bingo, bingo. But, but you're and, representing um, consumers, right? People. I mean, not I, companies. I, you're on the right. I probably should have led with that. I apologize. Yeah, I'm a I'm a plaintiff's lawyer. I'm you're a plaintiff's, plaintiff's lawyer, lawyer and okay, I'm okay. always going to be arguing with quote unquote the man, right? I mean, whether that man is the government, whether that man is an insurance company. Um, that that's really who I take my take the fight. Okay, for. okay. So you are a plaintiff's attorney. That's that's what I was getting at. Okay, so you're that. So you're helping them make sure that they secure what they have coming to them. Yes, sir. Okay, got it, got it, got it. So you litigate. You you litigate these cases. Man, that is a. I don't want to offend any true litigators out there. I mean, yes, I'm in court. Um, the, when I get to court. I am typically litigating in a in a watered down way is the best way to really explain it. Um, uh, on the long term disability cases, by and large, I am not um, in a trial the way you think of a trial, like watching a movie where right. we do depositions. It's more technical, administrative kind of stuff. It's more te technical. They're oftentimes uh, resolved on something called motions for summary judgment or trials on the papers, which essentially means the attorneys will file written argument to the judge. The judge will read um, that that argument in, in you know in private. They will let us know if they want oral argument, and then oftentimes they'll make a decision that way. Um, bench trial. So you're not you, there is no jury trial. Not even really a bench trial. A bench trial is really a trial with taking evidence where there's just not a jury. I'm I'm even more watered down than that, which is very rarely as testimony ever even taken, to be honest with you. Okay, okay, okay. Got it. Got yeah. It. But you're still yeah. fighting on their behalf, but you're not doing it in and, and there's really wonderful reasons for that, right? I mean, typically my clients have been out of work for years by the time we get to that point. Forcing them to pay a doctor, for instance, to go to court and testify for them they would lose, right? It would be cost prohibitive. And so right. they, they've, part of the reason they've done it that way is to, to, in theory, be helpful to the plaintiffs. Now, people argue for years about whether this actually works, but th that's the theory anyway, in part, and, and that's to help us to do this in the most efficient and appropriate way. Got it. So you're, you're getting uh, damages, you're recovering wages and things like that? Through, through what yeah, you're so- 
so on the long-term disability benefit work specifically, we'll be fighting for back benefits. We will be fighting for interest on those back benefits. We'll be fighting for attorney's fees. What we can never win and what my clients sometimes really are dismayed to learn is I can never win future benefits because these policies are not payable on debt. They're, they're really oftentimes is not a death benefit accompanying it. So it, it, if you were to pass away, it's morbid to think about, but, but if, if you were to pass away or your condition were to miraculously improve, the carrier can immediately cut you off. So I can, the most I can ever do in terms of the future is to get you back into pay status with the insurance company. Mm. Um, something I haven't mentioned, but I should, the vast majority of these things are, are resolved through, through settling, right? The insurance company gives us one check. We, we take it, we give them the policy back and go about our business. Got it. Interesting. Um, is, what else does the firm do besides what you're doing? Do you do sure, other kind of work? Sure. It's interesting because I started, I start, I, I graduated from law school and I, and I wanted to, I thought I wanted to be in a courtroom, a true, true litigator. Um, and, um, and so I started at this firm, same place, um, doing, doing family law work, which we continue to do today. So divorces, custody, child support. Um, and I really was uncomfortable pretty much the entire time I was doing it. Um, <laughs> I, I felt like a kid, right? I mean, I, I had gone, I had gone kindergarten through JD. And so I didn't really have the life experience I felt. Oh, you went right through school. No working all the way. Wow. No kidding. Um, I don't know if that, you know, I don't know if that was the right way to do it, but nonetheless, that's the way I, I did it. I, I felt as though if I got out into the workforce and I, I just probably wouldn't have gone back to school, but, um, and so I felt like I lacked that life experience, to be honest with you, to weigh in on these super, super heavy, you know, family disputes. Um, and, uh, and, and, and so we do family law work still. Um, I was lucky enough to be, my firm provided me the flexibility to kind of dabble in some of the other areas that we were doing. And the disability benefit work became really, you know, I mean, it sounds so corny, but like my, my life's work. I mean, it, I can't imagine doing anything else. Um, we also have a collections department. So like large scale accounts receivable work, we like landlords, banks, credit unions, anyone that's owed money on like a really big scale. Um, our firm does that as well, but I don't, I don't really work in that area, uh, much. I see. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I was curious about that collections. There's an attorney in my neighborhood here that uh, said, that's what he does. I never really pressed him to ask him what that was. Collections. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's technically contract work, right? Like it's, it's technically, um, for whatever reason, there's an amount of money that's due to a creditor uh, on a pretty consistent basis. And it, when, when it becomes, you know, two, two buddies get into a fight over a promissory note that, that we don't really consider that collections. It's just kind of, you know, civil, civil thing. But, but if it's a, if it's a run of the mill thing where you're constantly extending credit and getting paid back, you need to do that collections work. It's a little bit of a different animal. And so you got to hire an attorney that is familiar. There's federal laws, obviously that regulate, the collection of that money, including, you know, not having your phone ring at 930 at night, right? All those laws apply to us as well, because we try to, you know, collect the money without suing, obviously. Well, I thought that's what you're like, run-of-the-mill collections person do. They call up and they just ping them forever until they pay them. Well, you got it. You got it. And 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 the, I don't know if it's new or if it's the way of the world, but it's always how we've done it. 
that's what we that's what we work with and that's what we run is a collections firm a collections agency that has the support of the attorneys at our firm to bolster them make sure everything they're doing is of course compliant but if oh, push comes to shove we can follow the darn thing i see i see interesting okay good yeah so 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 let's talk a little bit about your journey from i'm looking at your background looks like you went to catholic schools and Villanova, you went all the way through to these sort of in, in Catholic education. And why, and why, how did that bring you to being an attorney? Yeah, um, I, I did. And I did. And interestingly enough, I, I, I went to public school all the way up until high school. Um, my, my brother, my oldest brother kind of ran into a little bit of trouble uh, in school, and it was felt by my parents and others that, you know, the Catholic school approach would be <laughs> the best kind of fit for him. Um, and so he kind of blazed the track that we all followed. I, I really didn't have any kind of issues. I, I probably could have just stayed doing what I was doing and been okay, but I think my parents just out of comfort did the same thing for my brother and I that they did for our oldest brother. Um you know, I, I think it just kind of was more the culture of my family. I mean, my, my family always went to kind of private school, Catholic education. Um, it wasn't something that I was, you know, necessarily zealous about, you know, is the best word I can describe, but it was definitely kind of, you know, what was expected, basically. Um, yeah. I was lucky. I, I love the school that I went to, the high school that I went to, Good Counsel. Um, I, I love my time at, at Villanova. That's in um, Whedon? I'm trying to picture. Yeah. I know it's, a little bit. It's sad because it's not there. They knocked it oh. down and it's it's in Condos a town called, it's in a town called Only. They moved it oh, only. further yeah, from yeah. Washington, DC, basically. Sure. Um and now it's way it, out there. Isn't only like farmland. It's, like, it's funny. I would have had a I would have had a 55 minute commute if they had left it. If it, excuse me, I had a 55 minute commute and I would have had a five minute commute based on where I lived if the school was moved when I was going. Um but um yeah it's way it's way out now and um it's a completely different facility i mean it is so gorgeous it's really really oh, nice. I bet, yeah um and so yeah it, which it's interesting because the place where i'm working now is probably like a mile or two from where the site of where my high school was i really haven't moved very much interesting are you like in downtown silver spring I'm in downtown Silver Spring, Georgia and Colesville. So got it, got it. Yeah, yeah. No, I can picture it. I mean, they continue to build out Silver Spring. Yeah, the Discovery Channel headquarters used to be right across the right across the street, and they they moved and they re relocated to New York. Uh, it's a beautiful, high tech, really wonderful building that is kind of the cornerstone of this area. Still, it's great. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. it was. I always thought that was kind of a cool area. Well, and, right? and because we work for federal employees, it's really perfectly situated. NOAA, NOAA is the National Oceanographic and Atmospheric Administration. Their four main headquarter buildings are actually in downtown Silver Spring, not in the district. So um, we're properly situated for the federal employees that we try to try to serve. Oh, I see. Well, that's what that main thoroughfare was. Is it was it 16th that would go right into D.C.? Yeah, I mean, you know, the white, you know, 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, I mean, same road that same I'm, that's yeah. right out my window here is 16th Street, which will take you, you know, dead middle downtown, right to the, right to the reflecting pool, you know, to the monument, everything. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's what, that's what I thought. Interesting. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. So, so, so um, I don't know if this is relevant, but I, but I always like to ask, like, to, you know, talk about a case that was like really yeah. interesting or 
you know, one that you worked on. Do you have any that would sort of fit the bill? Or? I, I do. I, I do. I mean, you know, the, these cases have such a long lifespan that, you know, and I'm sure this is true for many attorneys, to be honest. I'm sure you hear this all the time, but you, you kind of live it, you know, it really becomes part of the case is going on for so long with what we do that it really becomes embedded. So from the outside looking in, it might not be that, that interesting, but we worked for, for an employee of a, of a city out here in rural, rural Maryland called Hagerstown. Um, yeah, sure. And he was a, a, um, he worked at the top. He was a, he was a lineman, which is somebody that works on telephone, telephone poles um, that, uh, you know, so he had a high level electrical, you know, background that he needed to know what he was doing at all times. This is deadly electricity up there. And, uh, and, and, and he also, you know, the, the physical toll of climbing 70 feet, 70 feet, some of these poles. And he fell, he didn't fall the whole 70 feet, but he did have a fall and he really hurt his back. He was prob and, and the definition of disability that applied to him was whether he was disabled from his job. So on the surface, it's like, what are we doing here? And, and it took forever. The state of Maryland gave him a very, very difficult time. And we actually had to have a hearing. It's one of the few times where I did call a doctor to testify on a Maryland state case. And we proceeded in front of what's called an administrative law judge. We had a two-day contested trial, um, basically a battle of experts. And through pretty you know, for me anyway, pretty contentious cross-examination, you know, their, their expert admitted that he simply just didn't believe the subjective symptoms that were being reported by my client. And while that's probably true, that's not good enough to deny a disability claim. So the judge did the right thing. We were able to win. And I was really just happy for him because it was a significant amount of money that he really did earn through doing that difficult job. Um, and we worked on it for probably three and a half years before we were able to win. And what sticks out the most to me, honestly, uh, I will say is that his confidence in us, you know, despite being just embroiled in this quagmire of administrative, you know, kind of bureaucratic red tape, his confidence in us really never, never wavered. And that's, that's not, it's really nice, but it's not always true. And, and, and it's natural because you've been at a pay status for so long that you want to blame somebody. The lawyer oftentimes is, is right there to do that. And he was so sober and serious and practical about the whole situation that it really made the case, you know, one of those memorable ones for me that I'll never forget. Definitely. Hmm. Yeah. So let me ask you a question. So when someone has and files for that disability, right? Um, and let's say they've been earning a hundred thousand dollars a year when they get i mean are they getting their salary what i mean is it enough to live on it's just a pittance of that isn't it well so so the the the, the answer to your question is it's always a percentage you know i, I don't think i've ever the, even the best ltd policy that you know a, a, a super high level physician went out and bought i've never seen a hundred percent of your pre-disability salary so it's yeah it's going to be it's going to be a fraction the good ones are 75 80 percent i've seen as low as like 45 percent of your pre-disability salary but the wrinkle is that oftentimes you have the ability to file for multiple benefits so these aren't exclusive. So for instance, if you're an employee of the state of Maryland, you also are paying into the Social Security Administration. So you can, you can stack 
and and again, I, I don't want to. Yeah. Oh, because one state and one's federal is what you're saying. One state and one's federal, and you're paying into both systems. You can get both. There is no offset based on that example I just gave you. Sometimes there's an offset, and the offset can be complicated. But but in that situation, you can get both. Um, and sometimes in limited situations, you can work. You you can do let's say a part time job, right, or or something yeah. like that, where you can supplement your income and get by. But no, I mean, th- those are heartbreaking situations where, you know, people become disabled. You know, the family home has got to be sold. Every The kids got to come back from private school and go to local, you know, whatever it is. And it's it's heartbreaking to see. Um, but it's it's the way of the world, unfortunately. Got it. OK, got it, got it, got it. Yeah. yeah. So, so uh, just to switch for half a second, let's say you're going to lose your governor there, Larry Hogan. What, what do you think about that? We are. We are. He, he um, you know, he's term limited. So we knew it was coming. I think he's I think he's done a good job. I mean, I don't necessarily just uh, agree with everything that, you know, uh, he stands for. And certainly I'm, I don't know, even know about his political party. But but I, I do think he's done a good job. I like the way he stood up for Maryland. I like the way he stood up to the White House when it was appropriate. Um, we are in the middle. I think they just called it today for the Democratic nominee of a gentleman named Wes Moore. Maybe I am maybe I am uh, un, uninformed, and that's certainly possible. But I, I, that is a surprise to me on the Democrat side. So I am anxious to see how this is all going to shake out in the general election. But it's just for sure going to be a transition for Marylanders um, because Hogan, you know, Hogan has been such a mainstay uh, for us. Obviously. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I know that. It's interesting yeah. how a lot of these, um, you know, what are considered blue states, Maryland, Massachusetts, they have. Republican governors and they function fine. They function fine. Um, you know, I think I think Hogan would tell you off the table. You know, off the record, he he's had to make a lot of concessions with that state that state legislature. You know, and yeah. they, um, they, I know that they don't get along very much. And Hogan has sometimes had to veto things that the state legislature is really upset with him about. But in the end, I think maybe that push and pull you know, can create a way where we're actually in a, in a nice spot rather than just everything so homogenous that, you know, it's just no new ideas or no, no new thoughts. Um, yeah. It's going to be a tricky situation for sure in, in the fall. It yeah, really will. That's the theory. And you're adjacent to like the most crazy environment on the planet right now. Well, I know. And I, I tell people all the time, it's <laughs> like, you know, growing up, I, I lived, like I said, I, I grew up in this county where I, where I still practice. So I, I you know, growing up in the shadow of DC, you kind of, you kind of just learn to go with the punch, you know, it's just kind of like there'll be a new administration. There'll be everything will be new in a little bit. So just hold, hold on yeah, tight. Hold your it'll be over. But with this last one, holy, you know what? I mean, it, it really was it really was was definitely an interesting and scary time in some situations. And we're so not, and we're, and we're not done with it. Happy that's over. It's well, I hope it's over. But <laughs> true, true, right? true. So, um, all right, interesting. So, wait. So, how big is your law firm? How many lawyers you got? Yeah, we have um, we have eight attorneys. Okay. Um, and we're pretty we're pretty evenly spaced. It's usually, it's pretty much four and four: the disability benefit side, and then the family and collections department side. Okay. Okay. Interesting. And, and, and through COVID, through COVID, we've been blessed, man. I mean, it you know the the areas that got quiet, you know, in terms of fees and bringing in revenue and stuff. The other area picked them up. So. We, we were, some people say, how did y'all pick this really odd mesh of, of law? And it's like, I, I'm not quite sure. I wasn't here when that decision was made, but 
we're blessed because we we've covered enough sectors where we can kind of make it through anything, which is which is really cool. Oh, and, and, and even though you're a plan of attorney, you're not doing things on contingency, right? It's billable hours. I'm doing all, almost all contingent. Oh, you are doing all contingency. Yeah, I'm doing. I'm doing almost all almost all the family laws hourly, and almost all my work is contingent. Um, they haven't been in pay status for months or years. If I, I if I if I did hourly only, I I would I wouldn't have any clients. So I gotta I, I gotta put my money where my mouth is, as they say, and 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 only get paid if I win. So it's it's honestly why why I love it. I think I mean even the cases I don't win, I really like the resolution of it. Like I like somebody saying you won or you lost. I, I like that finality to it and i i obviously i like i like winning so oh interesting so i mean are you then in i mean obviously you must be incentivized to maximize the uh the benefit right we do a ton of work during the consultation phase in in my perspective i really concentrate a lot before i take the case during the free consultation period on making sure it's a case i think i can win um the benefits are set i mean i i oh, they're really set so so if you don't think you're gonna win conversely what do you do i i've got it's the worst part of my job because i it, oftentimes i know i'm kind of putting them in a position where they're probably not not going to be able to have a lawyer to help them um so you stretch and you try to stick to your guns because you've got to protect your firm right i mean sure. you can't work on every case yeah. Um, but it's heartbreaking sometimes because you know that they're probably not going to be able to find somebody, but you have to, you have to, you know, analyze, use your, use your, you know, your, 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 your rubric and your, your guidelines for what cases to take and try to stick, no matter how, you know, heartbreaking the situation may or may not be, you've got to stick to it because ultimately you're just, you're, you're not going to do anybody any favors. You're still going to lose the case and then you will have put all this work in and, and right and, and but is there such it's not like a analog to like a public defender for those people are they do they get they have no representation no no um there's a national organization of social security claimants reps uh so just for the social security side that a lot of folks that are members of that organization like myself we really try to work as much as we can on difficult cases and pro bono cases but there's no organized system. No. Oh, okay. Inter inter well, that's, oh boy. That's, is, yeah, that's interesting. So, I mean, you know, one of the things people say all the time, right, is like the health is the most commonly taken for granted thing. You know, I mean, we've heard people say that, but I, I mean, I live it, right? Because when, when you lose it and you, and your health prevents you from being able to work, your whole world is turned upside down and no right. one, no one's expecting really. So what no. happens in those cases where you know you're going to lose and you, what happens to those people? Yeah, um, there are, depending on what state you live in, there are local needs-based benefits, right? I mean, food stamps, things like that. Um, the, 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 the health insurance marketplace, common, Obamacare, um, places like that, Medicaid, Medicaid um, places like that are designed to be that safety net okay, for those okay. folks. But they're not, you know, they're certainly not foolproof, obviously. But I would imagine, maybe you can tell me, like, it's a pretty high percentage if they've been working that they're going to get some benefit. Um, that's a good question. 
Um, we know that Social Security benefits, we know that judges at hearing are approving anywhere from some of the you know most difficult judges in the country are approving as low. I mean, I think we've, I've seen personally as low as like 15%, um, and some are as high as 50, 60% of the cases that are in front of them. So, you know, certainly not a majority of folks in the Social Security world. Um, and I'm not the best person to answer the question because you know, once I take, I, I do some analysis, I make sure it's a case I think I can win. And then obviously I'm pretty good. So I win them, you know? So I'm yeah. not really seeing, the, the insurance company is not publishing, for instance, how many long-term claims they've got and how many they denied. Believe me, they wouldn't <laughs> want that that known. Um, and for federal employees, you know, they don't, and Maryland state, they don't publish that information either. It depends on the facts is really the answer. Yeah, yeah. Okay, good. I was just curious anyway. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, listen, good stuff. I'll tell you what, you, uh, you, you educated me a lot about this. You're the first uh, uh, long-term benefits attorney I, I've spoken to. So thanks cool. for the, the mini education. <laughs> yeah, no problem. No problem. Thanks for and, having me on. Yeah, yeah. No, it's good stuff. And uh, um, if somebody uh, wants to get in touch with you and learn more about your practice, what's the best way? Absolutely. Thank you. Um, so our, uh, the, the name of the firm, again, is Andelman and Flynn. Uh, the website is www.andelmanflynn.com. Um, my name is Peter Cassiano. You can Google that. Um, I don't think there are any other Peter Cassiano attorneys doing disability benefits. But um, again, my telephone number, I'll put that out there for you as well, if okay. that's okay, is 301-563-6685. And ask for Peter, and I'd be happy to help you with whatever questions you might have. Thank you. Good man. All right. Well, good. Again, uh, for everybody, this is uh, Peter Cassiano with Andelman and Flynn in Silver Spring, Maryland. And this, this is sponsored by Emotion Track, and we are a legal tech platform that um, helps trial attorneys prepare for a battle with um, our platform that captures insights from nonverbal insights. Um, nonverbal communication. And uh, anyway, thanks again, Peter. Uh, it's really fun talking to you and learning about your practice. Absolutely. Thanks again. Cool.